Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. <laughs> And so I think that the resurgence 
of science fiction is because of all the science also that's going on in the world. So it's it's kind of a symbiotic type thing. And so plus all the robots, the AIs, everything. There's so much tech going on that it just feeds into the science fiction. Yeah. So it's, well, just so think it's about different. in the past five years, you've had a move. Two great movies about NASA. NASA. You yeah. Had, oh, uh, yeah. What was it? You had the one with the girl, uh, hidden figures about the girls who did the math. Right. 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 Which I liked. And, and then First Man. I haven't seen that yet. I love that. Some people just think it's boring. I don't think so. You know, Ryan Gosling has not ever been my favorite actor, but... Uh, and, but Hollywood loves him. He's been acting since he was a teenager, and they just love him for some reason. And and women just think he's so cute and all. But I just never really, really liked much of what he has done. But recently, now that he's a little bit older and got some acting chops, um, I really liked First Man because he gave emotion to it, and he's an emotionless actor. Uh, but he did um, really great in Blade Runner, I thought. I thought it was just fantastic. But First Man is all about Neil Armstrong and his journey to being the first man on the moon. And it was a struggle. We all look at astronauts and think, man, I'd love to be an astronaut. I know I wish I could have been. Um, but it took a lot of sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice that most people I know are not willing to give. So it's a good, 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 good film. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you think about, well, let me get do something here, but. Okay. I want to ask you a question. What do you think of your other co-host? He said he couldn't come in because he had to get out of the apartment tonight at 7 because his roommate needed it. But don't you think he was a pain in the ass? <laughs> Well, doesn't that just tell you right there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pain in the ass is right. Happy um. anniversary to <laughs> you. Happy anniversary, Vicky loves sci-fi. Happy anniversary <laughs> to you and many more. <laughs> Oh, Carl, I knew you were going to sing. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a choir director. Give me a freaking break. You, what, huh? What? I didn't hear you speak. We tried to keep Carl being on here a secret from you. Oh, yeah. Well, you did because I, I, I didn't even try to text you, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> well, let me get back. Let I me didn't, ask and I, question. Uh, go ahead, Vicky. <laughs> Well, I even asked you, Stephen, earlier today, is Carl going to be there and all? I said, are we still doing the show? And you, and is Carl going to be there? And your answer was just yes. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the question. What do you think that if you don't think real sci-fi can be weirder than life, what do you think, guys, think of the story about the woman astronaut who is in the middle of a divorce with her husband. Oh. So 
while she was up at the space station, she hacked her husband's computer and all that and drained every <laughs> cent from his account. <laughs> I think fiction couldn't even have come up with that, man. That's a great <laughs> plot. I she got in a lot of trouble. Trouble. I, I, I read that she she did get in a lot of trouble. You know, she'd probably go to 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 prison for that. Well, she got kicked out of NASA. That's for sure. She yeah, that's for out. sure. Yeah, she got kicked out of NASA. She did. You know what? She was going to go to prison, but I think they put her under psychiatric care, and that's where she ended up. I think she really lost it. And so, and you you know, I remember being pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of brilliant in that evil genius sort of way, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then also, they say it gets pretty lonely up there. You know, you do your work, and then you have nothing else to do. I mean, she's probably super pissed off, getting a divorce. Things are she can't do anything else, and she probably just said, "Fuck it, man, I'm going to do the ultimate fuck you to that guy." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, space it's 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 really good for lots of things. <laughs> you guys think that Solaris is the best movie about what Vicky just said? How being alone in space can really start screwing with your mind? Well, for me, Solaris is my favorite sci fi film of all time. And we're talking about the seventy two. Uh, yeah. uh, the remake's actually very good too, um, but uh, it's not only being alone. It's uh, that's all about regret and grief. That film. Well, those go together because oh. all you got to do when you're alone is just have time to think, right, Vicky? Right, right, and and you can't even go outside and have a stroll. I mean, I guess you could put on your spacesuit and go outside, but then you'd really know how alone you are. <laughs> But you can't go outside and have a smoke. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't have you can't a smoke, smoke on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't have a smoke <laughs> in space. Yeah, I can see okay. Carl. We want you as an astronaut. Can I smoke? No. Oh, fucking I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. there's I'm also... with you on that. Or cheese. You know, if, if there's no cheese yeah. up there, I'm not going either. No, I think they do send cheese up there. Only it's yeah. cheese dried like everything else. But there's another film when you talk about isolation that I really adore. Yes, I do like Solaris both both um versions of it on film and also the novel that it comes from because uh it does it it, it it hits upon the most human of all things, you know, love lost or loneliness, all those things that make us feel sad. And there was this other movie called Love. It's a 2011 science fiction drama that has the very best beginning. Um, it has a narrative at the very beginning that I just adore, which reminds me I want to buy this film. Um, it is... Um, it was created, the score and the whole um, film was produced by an alternative rock band called Angels and Airwaves. 
And so the movie is a, is an indie film with actors you don't know, but it's just really wonderful because the astronaut, he's, he's up in space doing his thing, putting in his time, reading books, you know, doing the work that he has to do, and then suddenly he's cut off from Earth. There, it's not his fault. Something on Earth is happening. And so he has to deal with it. And so, yeah, um, it makes for a really good science fiction story, that loneliness thing. So check it out. 2011, um, Love. Another one I might mention on the same uh, level, talking about loneliness and what happens, is Moon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Moon really deals with it. Yeah. Isn't that really a big reason of the way the ending twist works? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know, Sam Rockwell, he he really, he's such a fine actor, and he really knows how to run the gamut of emotions. And mm-hmm. so he brings all those different emotions that you feel in a relationship, hope, happiness, giddiness, loss of hope, anger, hopelessness, loneliness, all of that is in that movie. It's really, really fantastic. And, and uh, spoiler alert, he actually plays a couple of roles. Right. And right. they're completely different. Right. Actually, on one of the science fiction um, Facebook pages I'm involved in, um, a lot of people haven't seen that film. It doesn't rerun much on um, on cable, and so a lot of people haven't seen it lately. So if you're one I of those people, what, huh? I don't think it's on streaming either. No, um, I, you can find it and buy it through Amazon, and I think you can stream it through Amazon, but I'm not 100% sure. But you can buy it. And then, um, but, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is, is that Kevin Spacey happens to be in that movie. And a lot of Kevin Spacey films have just gone under because he's such a reprehensible human being. So that also one of the charges because the one who accused him said that they lied about it, so they dropped all the charges. Yeah, they said it. They said that for. Don't believe it. If it's sex crimes, just like Epstein, Epstein didn't kill himself, and Kevin Spacey did it. Okay, you're never gonna get the truth in this stuff. Believe me, I used to be law enforcement in sex crimes. I know all about the lies. So let's not. Yes, talk about you that. do. Ain't that right, Carl? <laughs> what lies? <laughs> See, another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know oh what lies you're talking about. Mine, yours. <laughs> never I don't have that many. <laughs> I, I didn't say you. I, I was talking to Stephen. And this has been a good year for sci-fi serious fans. There's uh, uh, High Life, which I actually caught, and damn, it's not Did that you like bad. It? Yeah, I haven't really. W- I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. 
and uh, I was going to watch it over summer, but I didn't do it. But I know lots of people like it, lots of good reviews on it. Well, well, it's, uh, the director, I have to do a shout-out to the director, is a French uh, woman by the name of Claire Denise, and her films are just tremendous, what I know of them. And so, yeah, this has been on my radar, too. Unfortunately, I have not seen it either, but I definitely what want to. What other films? What other films can you say? Uh, give me a second, and, and, and I'll give you some films, okay? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, let me get the IMDb well, and take a looking, second. Okay? The main plot of High Life is basically Robert Pattinson is an astronaut who's stuck in a space station out in outer space. And he has a little baby girl to take care of. Right, right. And they're the only ones left on the whole mission, right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. At least that's the, the theme. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, well, that's that's interesting all in itself, you know. Um, there's been a couple of new things. There's a um, a show... On on Netflix called Mars, and it is a conglomeration of real things. I mean, real things. Elon Musk and and some of the other um, for profit rocket companies, and a projection of twenty thirty twenty thirty five. It's actually twenty thirty three when people actually go to Mars and uh, to live. And uh, uh, that is a very exciting type of, it's a um, type of story. Whereas um, uh, putting in together Elon Musk and his, his ideas about going to Mars, his lectures on it and other people who are alive today, and then projecting with actors, acting the part as going from Earth, launching from Earth, not on Earth, but out from our orbit to uh, Mars, and then what happens when they get there and living there. It's, a, it's kind of a fascinating, it's not the best in the world, but it's fascinating all the same. And I forget the title, and there's this uh, French sci-fi film out there, a show called The Trailer, Okay, but, but before before you go, before you go, Stephen, okay, go if I can just interrupt because we were talking about Claire Denise. Um, uh, some of her films are shock a lot. Uh, oh the yeah. The best one, the best one I know is uh, Boat Travail, Trouble Every Day, um, and then of course she she's been doing a lot of documentaries too, uh, and then oh, High good. Life, and and she's got the Stars at Noon in pre production, uh, but. But the ones is shock a lot and, and particularly trouble every day are the ones that, and the intruder too is very good. So I just wanted to give you that information. Okay, but okay. go ahead. Awesome. Steve. You know what you was telling me about earlier, Sheer? It's a French sci fi film and I forget the title, sorry, but it's about a, a ship going the earth is about to die, so this uh Station is taking a bunch of people to a planet they found that's that's habitable, but somehow they got knocked off a course. And by the time everybody woke wakes up, 
they are so far off the course they don't know if they can get back to it. And it's about how the people on the ship deal with that. Right. What is the name of that? Oh, hey, I know that film. I know that film, and I've forgotten the name of it. Is it a 2018, 2017 film? I'm not sure. Oh, this year. It was this year, 19? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's also the Chinese it. film, too, that came out. I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, but well, there was a Chinese, Chinese film. <coughs> there's there's the a one, lot of different. One about the giant planet. Oh, yeah. Um, the one on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone really likes that, yes. Yeah, Gosh, just flipped by it yesterday, last night, actually. Can't think of what it's called. The Descending Earth, no, something like that. The Wandering Earth. The Wandering that's Earth, it. yes, that's it. Yeah. That's and it. another one that came out, which I think Vicky's seen, I haven't, is I Am Mother. Oh, yeah, I really, really liked it. It really um, took the tropes and sort of switched them around. And so I really like that because of the way in which um, it, it manipulated the story. And so it was, um, it was clever. It was clever. And it had some good actors in it, just a couple, but some nonetheless good actors. The, little, the girl is a somewhat unknown but the other two um, are actually in science fiction films. So let's see. I am mother. Let's see. Yes, I'll tell you right here. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne is the, the voice of the robot, mother. And then... Um, um, Oh, Hilary Swank is in the film. She's a human being in the film. It's a really good film. I wasn't expecting a lot because some of these other films that have come out lately, like um, Bird Box and um, and that stupid silent one. What's that called? What's that freaking silent one called? Oh. I know the one you mean. I can't remember. I wasn't that impressed. Ah, it was awful. The quiet, a quiet place. Yeah, that's it. Stupid. Yeah. What happens if your butt, (laughs) there's little questions you don't ask. There's like, what if you, this is me being serious, not joking. What if you have gas? What if you have an upset stomach and it's going blorp, blorp, blorp? Why wouldn't they hear that? <laughs> Why? What happens in springtime when you have to sneeze a lot? <laughs> yeah. There's. Why in the world do you still live in your farmhouse with the windows totally open? And how do you put in a whole crop of corn without the monsters hearing you? Fuck, it's the stupidest movie. (laughs) I don't know. Even my son and daughter-in-law love horror films. 
And I, at the beginning of the summer, we watched it together. No, I think it was spring break because we had been talking about it. And I go, you guys have to watch it and tell me if you think it's as, as stupid as I think it is. And so we all watched it together. I rewatched it uh, at spring break. <laughs> they're ripping it apart from like the first 10 minutes in ripping it apart because they're of course um parents of young children and it all starts out with a scene with the parents and they're got young children <laughs> yeah don't waste your time on a quiet place <laughs> okay yeah, so, so i have to be endless i oh go ahead, endless Steven, is great and jump in I just did. Okay. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah. Endless is great. So I I just Googled. I just Googled the best sci-fi films of 2019, okay? And I'm on And I wondered if any of you heard of this Portuguese movie called Diamantino. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Now, now, Stephen, I'm just going to read you the, the, the little blurb here. And tell me whether or not you think I want to see it. The Southlands Tales light aesthetic of this near future Portuguese import charmed film festival audiences last year, and now it's finally made its way to select few theaters in the U.S. Soccer, I mean football star Diamantino, is as handsome as he is, lovely dumb. He's the best player in the country, has bed sheets with his own face printed on them and see visions of giant fluffy dogs whenever it gets in the zone on the field. This is all in maybe the first ten minutes of the movie. After that, it becomes a hilarious futuristic thriller involving everything from cross-dressing lesbian detectives to murderous twins to Brexit to hermaphroditic fish to the European refugee crisis. Now, does that yeah. seem like a movie I would, like, jump for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this one's coming out in November. It ain't out yet, but I'm already excited for it. It have you ever seen Hardware Vicky? Uh, um, I'll just say no since it doesn't pop well, up in it's my brain one set, quickly. Set in a dystopian future where this woman is trapped inside her apartment with a killbot, killer robot that her Boyfriend brings her from the wasteland. Oh, no, I don't think I've seen that. He needs to see that. That's one of the best. Yes, I agree. But he has, Richard Stanley, director, has a new one coming out, and I think it's hitting before the end this year, and it's an adaption of H.P. Lovecraft's The Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. I have heard of that one. Wow. And, yeah, I'll go see that. If if it comes to my movie theater, I will go see that. Because for, and, and, for, and for everything they say, I, I like Nicolas Cage. For every mm-hmm. bad thing someone says, I like him. Well, for, for Stephen and I, that that's the return of Richard Stanley, who we both love. Richard Stanley yeah. uh, did a film called Dust Devil, which is a great, great uh, – uh, uh, it's actually sort of like a fairy tale. Uh, uh, and then he did uh, – he was uh, kicked off of the island of Dr. Moreau with uh, uh, Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he was basically self-exiled and exiled for a long while. So this is his return to doing a feature film. He had done a uh, a short in a uh, uh, compilation film called The Cedar Bazaar, which I think is really good, more horror. Uh, but uh, this, he's been wanting to do this for quite a while. So, so we're looking forward to this. Yeah. To say the least. And what the film is about, it's about a meteor that that crashes into a farmhouse where this family is staying and how things go wrong from there. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds like Brightburn. I just watched that yesterday. And oh, a meteor what do you think of that? Well, my thing is is that Brightburn seemed like a prequel, okay? Um, they 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 kept it too simple for someone like me, okay? It was horror science fiction, right? And yeah. so um, uh, you never really get to know anything about the boy's heritage. You just – it just – it devolves. It's really um, – Interesting. The kid is a really good actor, and uh, uh, of course, everyone else in the in the um, film are good actors. I like all of them. People you don't know their names, but you've seen a lot of. Um, they're all good, um, and the the script is pretty good up until it becomes the devolving into just horror, kind of like um, what happened with Event Horizon. You know where and and sunshine and all these really good when when a when I say devolving into a horror, it, it devolved into just gore, and a lot of people like it. But uh, when you devolve just into gore and you forget about the story, and that's what happened with Brightburn. That's why I say it was a prequel because you never find out. And oh, that's a oh sorry. That's a spoiler. <laughs> well, that's a total spoiler. All of the spoiler. stuff that you're saying is wrong about Event Horizon. Isn't it about 21 to 25 minutes, Carl, of the movie that details plot that they cut out? Yeah. 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 So you can get a different. You can get the plot of Event Horizon now. But not when it first came out. No. Oh, no, they can't find the footage. Oh, I thought there was a director's cut, but oh well. Well, you know, that's it, their fault. Yeah. But the endless but is Bird, opposite of what Vicky says. It, it deals oh, with a yeah. mystery, one mystery, and then it goes in a wild sci-fi Area is it the last third of the movie? Have you seen it yet, Carl? Yeah. Carl. Oh. He's gone. He got um, raptured. Isn't it fitting for your anniversary that Carl got raptured? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very telling of the past 20 years. Oh, so anyway, you're right, though, about The Endless. At first, I'm thinking, how is this movie sci-fi? And then it just, you know, it just 
slowly kicks into the ideas of what's behind and what's going on with these two young men, these two brothers. And it's, it's one of those films that when the end comes, the end comes and it's endless. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. More Hello, than we got other... a caller here. Hello? Hey, Steve, it's Chris. Hey, Becky. Hey. Oh, hey, Chris. How are you guys? Oh, hey, good. Yeah, I just want to call in to congratulate Vicky um, on the show. Uh-huh. And we love Vicky. We do love sci-fi. Uh, and Vicky's a part of our little Facebook group, and she's great. And also, I, Steve, I don't know if you talked about her yet, but Tracy is a big fan of you guys. and She's always supported you. So. Oh, I know. Right. Maybe another little surprise for Vicky later in the show. Maybe. Oh, nice. oh wow. Well, Chris, yeah, I good. you know, I just love that that Facebook group of yours that I'm a part of now. I love it. Like I said the other day, it's the only place that I go to every single day. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, it's a great place people can go and just express their opinions, and there's no judgment. Everybody likes each other, and as far as I yeah. know, at least everybody's a good, decent person in there. So it's nice. Right, it is. I mean, we've never really, uh, there's no arguments or anything. Everyone respects each other. It's just a really nice place. So yeah, congratulations on, on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've been running this place since the AOL days. Yeah, I mean, wow. you go to other groups. Yeah, you go to other groups, and you don't like a certain movie, and they try to boot you out. And we won't name names, but Steve knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> Right. Well, it happens in the Star Trek. I have a couple of Star Trek ones that I go to. And, I mean, if you say one thing wrong, man, there's like like 500 people that will just jump all over you. Well, that uh, the guy Jonathan is in our group, Vicky, who you know, in the other Star Trek group, they took his badge away because he disagreed with something minor, to me anyway. So I don't understand. Right. I don't get it. But I just wanted to call in just to thank Vicky for being in the group and for the show. And we all do love sci-fi and we love Vicky. So I'll keep listening oh. and I will talk to you guys later, okay? Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. And here's a pretty much an easy one. What's your favorite, been your favorite sci-fi film of the last four years since you started this? Oh, wow. You know, um, Annihilation is up there, really up there. I really, I I read all the books now with Annihilation because the author is just fantastic. So Annihilation is up there. I don't think Oblivion was in the past four years. I'm not sure. But Oblivion is one of my favorite sci-fi films of the past, um, of this past Ten years, uh, it might have been a. Um, I don't remember if I if it was five years or not. Four years ago, I think it was five years ago. And so, definitely, um, Annihilation is one of the best sci-fi's out there. And I'm sure I'm forgetting all kinds of them. Well, mine would be the one that was set in Australia. 
and it enforced oh. girl power without this yes. phony girl power crap that you see nowadays. Right, right. I was going to mention this because you know George Miller got the okay, and he's he's making a new one, a new one, right? You yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um. Uh. Uh. Mad Max. Um. Fury Road, my God, yes, that is that's that's above annihilation for just the badass movie that it is. <laughs> and I love that they didn't have a romance in it. Thank goodness. Or any of the other boy girl or girl cliches. Right, right. Same with annihilation. There, I mean, yes, it starts out with the whole. Um, husband and wife thing but it's actually a point in the story to show how inhuman things become less human and so it's not really based on the love story (laughs) and it's another one that's a love story to H.P. Lovecraft because the deeper you get into annihilation the closer it gets to uh, the Colorado Space Territory. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, you, and it's on streaming and you need to see it. Isn't it. If you like horror films, it's good. If you like sci-fi films, it's good. Right. I agree. Totally. Totally, totally. And there's, you know... Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to mention a movie that came out on Netflix. Where is it? In late May, early June. And it's called Rim of the World. And it is um, it's a sci-fi film with um, not quite teenagers. I think they're early teens, middle schoolers, early teenagers. And it's about, it's an alien invasion movie. And uh, uh, it's so much fun. They got the right kids. You know how sometimes the ro- the wrong kids are always in those movies? Yeah. Well, these are the right kids in this. And, um, you know, don't look at Rotten Tomatoes, because I think Rotten Tomatoes is rotten anyway. Because um, you're not going to get really good reviews on on this film. This film isn't there for your edification, it's there for your entertainment. And so, I would I would go and sit and watch this movie again before I ever said sit down and watch Another Life, which is a Netflix series. And so, yeah, um Rim of the World is fun. Lots and lots of fun. Okay, so that you can have fun and be science fiction too. Yeah, isn't it funny that in the past four years, Netflix, Amazon, and a lot of them have really glommed on to sci-fi ideas for their shows. Right, right. Um, Netflix, Netflix in particular, and now um, Amazon uh, with uh, it's it's grabbing hold of. Um, uh, the Expanse, because The Expanse is, you know, is just everyone's 
favorite. When you start watching The Expanse, you just can't stop watching it. It's just written so well. The story is solid. Um, the acting is above above average. I mean, it's way up there, A-plus acting. Um, just really good story. And so Amazon is seeing that science fiction is good for it, too, because when I first became an Amazon Prime member, like four years ago, um, there wasn't a lot of science fiction on Amazon, and and I was really disappointed. But over the past four years, they've been um, doing more, like, um, you know, that new series, The Boys. It's really good. Have you seen that, Stephen? No. Oh my gosh! Um, really, if you can, if, if there's some way you can watch it, you should watch it. You will love it because it takes that whole superhero thing and just turns it on its head. And it's definitely oh, the boys. science yeah, fiction. Yeah, I definitely want to see the that. Boys. Yeah, the boys. It's just. Oh. So good. Um, at first, I, you know, Thanos really did destroy the world of Marvel. <laughs> Thanos mm. did it. He came in and with a snap of his finger, he destroyed the superhero universe. And so uh, I'm highly disappointed in the Avengers, how it all turned out. Not that I like Iron Man. That's not what I'm saying. I don't like the way the story turned out at all. Um, And, and so when the boys came out, I was just so tired of the superhero thing. I didn't want to watch it, but man, when I started watching it, I couldn't stop watching because it's, it's not Marvel superheroes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. The thing I didn't like about Endgame is they spent the last 20 minutes talking about, how you can't stay back in time. You can't mess with the time lanes. You can't mess with the time lanes. Captain America, okay, I want to stay back in the 40s then. <laughs> yeah, it just, they, I don't know how many people were involved in that movie because it looks like everybody's idea was put into that movie. This is the... Uh, the end of the Avengers, so let's put everybody's idea into it. Let's make all things possible. I just, I don't know. It's very hard to watch it with a, any kind of an upbeat feeling. Yeah. And what do you think about all the Star Trek fans who are bitching at CBS streaming for only making Picard streaming only? Yeah, well, they did that with Discovery, too. You know, um, Discovery, I haven't seen season two yet. It just, I think, came out on DVD to buy, so I'll buy it when I can afford it. And um, then I'll watch it, just like last year. I think I watched it at Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, she was mad, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The whole thing with CBS and Disney and all these things is that everybody looks at Netflix, which did you know that Netflix is worth more than Disney? I mean, I'm shocked. 
totally, absolutely shocked that their bottom line is is more profitable than Disney. Yeah, for now. But here's the deal. Everyone looked, they they didn't look at what Netflix was doing. Now they all want a piece of the pie, but all of us, we're already settled on what we have and want. And we have no more pie to give these fucking greedy bastards like CBS and Disney. We don't have any more pie. But, yeah, you, you know, know what I would do now since Marvel owns Fox, if I was the head of Marvel? What would you do? Avengers versus Predator. <laughs> oh, you got admit that no. would be cool. Have the Predators show up, kill a few of the lesser names all through there, and then lead to the big battle. Yes. Yeah, that would be quite quite a deal. I'm surprised that nobody has made a comic of that yet. Probably because Marvel would have sued him. Yeah, DC has. They've been uh, Batman versus Predator, Batman versus Alien, Superman versus Alien. Yeah? Who won on that one? Uh, Of course, Batman and, and Superman. The aliens burst out of his chest. So they were both on a red sun planet, so Superman killed the alien and died. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't seen those comics. Wow. I may hunt them down. I'll go to my favorite comic store and ask them to order them for me. Yeah. The, um, uh, yeah, well. No more Spider-Man in the, dark, in the Marvel Universe. I I don't even get it. I've tried to read the stories and try to understand what's going on. They finally got a a Spider-Man that everyone loves. All the teenagers love him. They love him. And now there's no more Spider-Man? Are they freaking stupid? Seriously. Well, the it is is that Marvel wants to take over the expanded universe from Sony that made some money for them with Venom, and they want to be in control of it all and pay. Right now, it was uh, like uh, uh, 60-40 in Sony's favor. Now they want to do it 60-40 in Marvel's favor, and Sony's like, no. Right. Right. You blame them? Well, no. I, you know, I don't blame them. But, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to. They think that people will just forgive because they want to see their favorite Spider-Man, I guess. But sometimes people have a long memory when you screw them out of Spider-Man they love. So I I don't know. Spider-Man's never been my favorite, so I'm not... If there's any of the Spider-Man films I'd recommend, it'd probably be Spider-Man within the multiverse. That's been the best of the new three. Right. That's true. And so the... Um, yeah, and it made a lot of money, too. Yeah. So maybe... But I don't want to see... 
There's so much animation coming out. Forgive me, animation fans. Forgive me. But I don't want to see all my shows in animation. I don't want to see all my films in animation. I don't. I want to see my Disney films like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King in animation. This whole changing over to live action is just horrid. Well, to be honest, the Lion King is ugly animation. It is ugly. Yep. That's why it had that huge opening and then dropped off after two weeks. Well, I would say it's because of uh, the dog in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. fault that the Lion King dropped so much in its second week, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> well, all I can say is that I I do like Spider-Man and the multiverse. I like it. It's good animation. It's good and fun. But I don't want to see all my su- superheroes go to um, the animation format. I really don't. And it, I guess it's okay for Spider-Man because... Um, Spider-Man is pretty fun when he's animated, but but Captain America, kind of like Captain America. Yeah. Kind of sad he's not coming back. <laughs> oh, and they and announced did, uh, this yeah. week uh, the Disney Plus opening thing, opening lineup for when they go on the air. They're going to have right. some of the Marvel movies. They're going to have some Pixar's, but the biggest thing they're going to have is uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian. Right. I saw that. Uh, I've seen the trailer. I, You know, uh-huh. most everyone has. And uh, um, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I just want to see it because it has Werner Herzog as the bad guy in it. I know, and he's pretty good, too. Uh, yeah, I think that's a brilliant casting move. Although the Star Wars fanboys out there don't like it too well, I don't know why. They just don't. They were making fun of him on a couple of sites yesterday. I don't know why. Oh, it's I'm just, just waiting people. for this, and I got money bet on this going to happen. That after the next Star Wars, the fans are going to be like, "It isn't Star Wars without a Skywalker. We need a Skywalker." Well, I kind of, my whole thing is, is that I wish the Skywalker legacy continued. I really do. Even if just, I wish that they hadn't have fucked up Luke Skywalker's storyline. Because that's what I think. That's where I think they made the big mistake. I know we all wanted him. We all had that fantasy going that we wanted to see Luke Skywalker train Ray. But, you know, I think it would have been really nice to see Luke Skywalker into the lore of the uh, the whole lore of it. Instead of hiding those books and really being happy the books are going to, you know, burn or whatever happened, you know, 
he was just sitting there on top of all that knowledge and everything. I would have liked to see seen a scholarly Skywalker instead of a bitter Luke Skywalker. And that's where they made their mistake, I think. Yeah. But that's just me. And you can't go back, so tough. Yeah. And plus, having Luke Skywalker almost kill his own nephew? Right. Right. You know, I don't know. They just did some really bad things. Yeah, the really last bad Jedi things. Isn't as bad as the fan says, but they made a lot of questionable decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as what the fans say. Um, I don't really like that whole um the the kids on the planet and the whole side story of Finn and the girl and all of that. I don't like that story at all. I just didn't I thought it was too much fluff considering what was well, really at stake. Possibly play a big part in the next one because I think they're going and they're hinting at that there's not going to be any more Jedi's, there's not going to be any more Sith. They're just going to be force trained people who have you right, know. right, right. More towards that that drone world that I'm teaching these days. Yeah, it, but when you take all the special out of our lives. And everybody's just the same. You're the same as me, and I'm the same as you. La, 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 la. It gets pretty boring. you got to have a hero. You must have heroes to look up to. We need that kind of thing. Human beings need that. And they're they're effing that stuff out. Yes. Yes, Harrison Bergeron. Exactly which is some great sci-fi. I'm going to have my kids read it, not this week, but next week. Show them the film, too. And is it me, Vicky, or has the fans gotten 200% worse? Sci-fi fans gotten like 200% worse since you started your show. Um, it worse in the way of being babies and wanting their own way? Yes. I would say yes. In their their sexism, yes. In fact, instead of opening up to all possibilities, they're closing up all the possibilities. So, yeah, I think so. The fans that kept the, the expanse alive, good for them. Yay. They are the kind of fans everyone wishes for. But there's a whole other group of fans out there that are ruining everything. Yeah, most definitely. Like, most forget if they've ever read the third script for Ghostbusters that Janine herself becomes a Ghostbuster in a third film. Right, right, right. And that would be the infamous Ghostbusters go to hell. Here's the thing. Why can't a girl be a Ghostbuster? What is wrong with that? What the heck? You know, sometimes I think people, fans especially, when you get fanatical about something, you forget about the passage of time. And 
the our original Ghostbusters, one is dead for one, you know, you know, I'm yeah. not trying to be mean or anything, but one is dead and everybody's getting pretty up there in years and nobody wants to run around with slime all over them. And so you have to have an evolution. But and I know that that sounds different than what I was saying about Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, five minutes ago, but it's really not. I didn't say I wanted Luke Skywalker to be the hero. I wanted him to take on a different role, and that would be like the scholarly Luke Skywalker who left really bitter but came out with a lot of wisdom. That's evolution. Yeah, you need to evolve and change. Or else, yeah. I know there's a lot of fans out there who would be happy that everything stays the same. Remember, there were a lot of fans pissed off when Max, when Mad Max Fury Road came out because they had right. a they had a female protagonist in it. Right. In fact, she was more the star than Mad Max. And I thought that was a brilliant move on George Miller's part to show an evolution in the story, to show how else is he going to tell that story about what happens to women in post-apocalyptic times if he doesn't use the the great um, women actors that he has and put them in starring roles and, and important roles. He did it brilliantly. But, man, you remember, you talked about it a lot. That, yeah. that Those people who came out against that film were outrageously wrong, totally wrong. And think, and tell so, me, besides the first film, name a Mad Max movie that doesn't have a strong female presence in the center of it. Right, but even Mad Max, um, Mad Max had his wife, and she wasn't like this shrinking flower. Yeah, she she stood up to those those guys, and that's why they killed her, and that's why they killed the baby. Was yeah. she stood up to them, and they didn't like it. And so, and the second you know, they had that one character who, if you look at the credits in Road Warrior, Mad Max Two. All they have uh-huh. is their name is the Warrior Woman. Yeah, yeah, Virginia Hay. Yeah. See, Carl, if Carl was still here with us, he would say, oh, yeah, Virginia Hay, because he loves her, and she was um, she was Zahn in Farscape. And, yeah. Um, yeah, she, you know, she wasn't a shrinking violet. And there were no shrinking violets in, well, there was a, a scared old woman in Road Warrior. I think there was. Yeah. But, but still, George Miller's an enlightened human being. <laughs> but I do Fans agree that them trying to force, as they call it, what is it, equality, non-equality, uh, Let's just call it what it is. They want a quota. You know, okay, we want two female characters. We want two black characters. We want two gay characters. Maybe one white male character. You can't 
Make a movie like that. Right, right. Or a long-lasting TV show. Well, if you find the right audience, you can. And you like find the, the right actors. No, you don't need actors for The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about how uh, sci-fi on TV has really evolved during the past five years? I'm I'm happy with it. At least people are taking a chance now. More than, say, at the beginning of the, the 21st century, we still had Stargate and Stargate Atlantis, and then we had Stargate Universe. We had Battlestar Galactica going. And so we had a few things. Uh, we still had um, Gene Roddenberry, even though he was passed away. We had still a couple of his shows going. And Babylon 5 was still trying to go with uh, Crusade, I think it was. So we had a, a lot still going for us. But then, then around 2006, around the crash, we had the, the writer's strike and then we had the recession. And science fiction seemed to go away. And so I like how it's been coming back gradually, but more and more now. Yeah. And I like the fact that Battlestar Galactica really didn't have the, if we really look at their arguments, they really didn't have a bad guy bad guy in it. Really, uh, you know, at first they did because the Cylons did actually, you know, wipe out the human beings. But as the show went on and as they tried to progress with their idea of, Really, what do the Cylons want? You really started to understand and empathize with their point of view. Because the humans were made out to be pretty much the the indifferent, not so much the bad guys, but indifferent towards the life form that they created. And that's what I'm afraid we're going to do also on this planet and with our life forms that we're going to start creating. We're going to be indifferent to them. Which reminds me of that mo- that show Humans. Great sci-fi show. I really like it. Humans talks about that, addresses those ideas. Yeah. And I like the fact that, well, you know, in Battlestar Galacta, Starbucks girl, they don't make a big deal of it. Right, right. And Madala's right. back Spanish. They don't make a big deal right. out of it. That's right. how you do it. You don't go, dun dun, it's a woman. You should feel special <laughs> because she's a woman in a so called band world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Battlestar Galactica didn't make a big deal of um, gender. Because Well, they actually had gender issues to talk about, and so they didn't make a big deal about the actors' genders or, you know, who they were portraying. 
nor did they really get into the race thing because ultimately it was about the humans versus the AIs, right? So mm. how can you split hairs on your – and they had a doctor who smoked like a fiend. He smoked like Carl. <laughs> you know, he's there treating the, the president for cancer and smoking cigarettes like one after the other. And I'm like, is that Carl in that role? But anyway, you know, they they didn't they didn't go to those controversies. They just used people as they are, and that that was brilliant, a brilliant part of that show. Yeah, well, look back in the '80s, a lot of people, a lot of the young ones, when they review '80s movies and stuff, you're always going to see sooner or later. I can't believe how much they smoke in that movie. Yeah. Like Ripley, she smoked a hell of a lot in those first three movies. Right, right, right. Especially that first movie. I think I'd be smoking, too, if that fucking thing was out. Yeah. Running around on my spaceship. <laughs> well, yeah, that insults me. They act like today is something new and that we never had strong women before in sci-fi. Oh, horse poop. Right, right, right. That's um, this new show with, speaking of Starbuck, um, uh, Katie Stackoff, who is one of my favorite sci-fi people. Um, she is the star of this new show on um, – Ten episodes, which is way too short, a show called Another Life on Netflix. And the thing about it is, is that um, it tries to be too politically right, too PC in what it's doing, but it makes the show silly, totally silly. There's there's parts where they don't even they're gonna they're they're in space. They're on a spaceship, and they're flying through some some rough space, right? Nobody sits down and straps in. Nobody sits down. There's no protocol like strap in because you might break a bone or kill yourself or something. Nope. Everyone's just standing around. We're going to go through this sun. We're going to go by this planet. We're going to go into orbit. And nobody straps in. It's stupid. And so that kind of thing really bothers me. No protocol. Like our PC is no protocol. It hurts my feelings. So yeah. that show, you got to you gotta watch that show with a giant grain of salt. I know people that couldn't get past first 30 minutes of the first episode. <laughs> That's how... And to me, that's the curse of Netflix. So I'll bring it up in a minute. I got something here I might want to read. This is from Tracy. I would like to say that her vast knowledge of sci-fi and general open-mindedness definitely got me hooked on her podcast. As time went by, I was also very impressed by her love of literature. Like me, she knows that a literate population is a better one because loving books means you can help both enjoy stories and apply that imagination to your everyday life. 
It's hard for me to pick a favorite of her shows, but the ones that I enjoyed the most were uh, the Robot one, A Few Years Jack, the one you did from the Gaming Con, and the review you did of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, thank you, Tracy. I love you so much. Um, I never, ever thought that I would touch people with this show, ever. I don't have a high opinion of my opinion, and so I never thought that I just wanted to give information out to people and then also share my love of of science fiction and books and, and TV and films. I never thought I would ever touch somebody. And Tracy sometimes um, writes me long, long messages, and I love her so much. Someday maybe I get to meet her. I don't know. But thank you, Tracy, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And that's why you're good at what you do, because you don't believe that you are some supreme writer, being, or podcaster, coming down from the sky like God from heaven, (laughs) expounding your knowledge on everyone, unlike a certain person that we know with a K in in their name. Yeah, that person, Mr. Narcissist himself. No, you mean I'm not the goddess Athena? What? Huh? No. Um, I don't have an owl on my shoulder? <laughs> no. No, you're more um, like Robin Wright and uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that any day. <laughs> any day. Man, that made me mad when they killed her. No kidding. Here is this really great. You know what? She might have requested it. I have no idea. I have no information on it. But she, you know, she works a lot. And so she maybe requested to have a good death in that movie because it was a good death. No doubt about that. But, man, I would have rather seen more. So I don't, you know. But, yeah, that was a shock. I was sad, saddened by it. And that was but, nice thank you. being a kid that grew up in the 70s, watching a Wonder Woman where it wasn't, hey, boobies. Well, that's, you know, when you're talking earlier about fans and fanboys especially, you know, as we women try to move our our gaming women, what we see in the gaming world away from being so sexist um we get a lot of pushback when they took metroid metroid was one of my most favorite and still one of my all-time favorite games to play and of course i love the scroll game that's what got me into it with the nes but when the gamecube came out and there was metroid and metroid prime my favorite game of all um uh samus she still had on her Metroid armor. And then what did the fanboys try to do? They're like, "We want to see we want to see what's underneath Samus's armor." So, they made her a sexy blonde, and it just bombed. I mean, it was good for a while for those people that wanted it, but then Metroid just bombed and we've never had Metroid since then because well, it, it was it worked in a zero mission 
because you wasn't expecting it. You went from a sci-fi action game where you're just killing everybody to this very hard stealth area. Yeah. Okay, I'll say that. But, you know, after that, you don't ever see Samus in Samus's, um armor, which was the coolest armor out there. You always see Samus with her frickin' ponytail and her blonde hair and her yeah. sleek little body. And that just oh, and don't that ruined that it. From uh, Metroid Another M where she can't use her weapons unless the band tells her so. Just... Uh, uh, so much. So much good being killed by the prejudice of a fanboy. <laughs> I know. The male fanboys are getting to be like, this is our boys club. You're not allowed in there. Right, right. It's a it's a hard it's a hard situation. Um I don't when I play online I only play with the select few that I actually turn on my mics now because it's worse than it's ever been before, and I just can't take it anymore. Oh, you're a girl. Yeah, I beat your ass. And, oh, man, the the words that come out of people's mouths are terrible. And what the hell kind of parents do we have today where they're letting their 12-year-old kids go online and play online video games, and when they lose, they call you a motherfucking faggot, cheater, piece of shit? Right. Right. You mean parents don't hear that stuff? They just let their kids shut the door? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's and a lot. I've seen a video for a like lot. eight or nine, ten years ago where his mother told him not to curse and he yelled at her with his little 12 year old ass, Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut up now. Right. If I did that and the kid, I wouldn't know what the next two days would look like. (laughs) Yeah, same here. I would have been beaten to a pulp. (laughs) To a pulp. (laughs) But not the kids these days. Oh, no, we might might hurt their sensitive feelings. Oh, my poor baby. We might stunt their spiritual growth. Yes. Spiritual, yeah, spiritual into some kind of asshole. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the new Joker film to come out so the parents can say, how could you take my kid's favorite character and put him in an R-rated movie? Oh, thank goodness, though. Thank goodness. You know, speaking of the Joker, I've kind of wanted to talk about the Joker. Um, the Joker, when, he was the scariest one of all. In the in the Batman series when I was growing up, you know, with Adam West and, and Batman yeah. and Robin, and Joker was always really scary because he almost killed Batman several times. And plenty of times he really hurt Robin. And so Joker was no joking matter. Joker came and laughed and made jokes and stuff, but Joker was always dead serious. So I don't know. I I don't Yeah. Um, look at the, um, oh, shit, I can't think of his name. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that word. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. Um, uh, who played, who played the Joker in the first Batman movie? You know? Oh, um, uh, 
Jack Nicholson. You know, yeah, yeah Jack Nicholson. Um, look, that was not uh, apple pie Joker. That was not a cream and um, strawberry Joker. He was pretty scary too. So I don't want to hear about how the Joker isn't supposed to be scary. And definitely in the Dark Knight, I'm surprised that movie didn't get an R rating. It should have. I mean, it really skirted the line, don't you think? Yeah. And make no mistake, Batman Batman is um, superhero, but Batman is science fiction. Science fiction just like um, James Bond is science fiction. Okay? Yeah. All those cool toys that those two men play with, those are all science fiction. So both of those stories belong in the science fiction realm. So if you love 007 and you love Batman, you love sci-fi too because you love the toys. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to piss off someone is screw with their childhood. Just think in the last two months. Let's see. Uh, Oh, yeah, they made the Little Mermaid black. Little Mermaid was never black. She was a white, red-headed girl. No, she wasn't. She was half fish. Right, half fish, meaning that she was multicolored, mostly brown. (laughs) Right? Yeah, and plus everyone. This includes me and Vicky, too. Our childhoods are not this precious little pyramid made out of crystal toothpicks that can break in an instant. All your childhood will still be there, even with the remakes and stuff. The movies are still there. Of course. You can go buy them and relive that, like... Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney movie. Hands down, I love it. And I will always watch the late 1990s version or the early 1990s version. I will always watch it and love it. I will not watch the new one, um, the live action one. I didn't like it. I'm just sorry. That's what I love. That's what I'm going to watch till I die. Okay? You could do that too out there. You could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we want the we want something new but exactly the same as we've seen it before. Now. Right. Just right. like a Battlestar Galactica, how much shit did the fan community raise over the fact that Starbucks is a girl? At first, they were really pissed off at, at the very first. When it was first announced that Starbucks was cast as a female, there was a lot of controversy and a lot of people were upset. But as soon as they watched it and they saw what Katie Sackhoff did, Man, that was it. No one said anything about it after that because she took that role. She took it for what it was and made it her own. 
Yeah, same with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Same yep. with uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, Michael Keaton and Batman. Right. Right. Are you going to tell me that you don't like Michael Keaton as Batman? He was wonderful. He was wonderful. So you're not going to watch those films? I mean, I don't know. Fans will always bitch and complain because it's not what they envisioned in their mind. Tough. Right. And so, um, uh, um, what was his name who played, um, who played Joker in the Suicide Squad? No, not the Suicide. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Who was that? Oh, uh, because Jared I love him in. Yeah, Jared Leto. I I like him. People hate him. The majority hates him. I like him. I loved him in the new Blade Runner. Also, I didn't think he was over the top. I thought he was perfect for that character that he had to play. And and so, what was wrong with Jared Leto's um, Joker? He didn't fit inside of the box of some people. The and Joker the box. fact that he had tattoos. <laughs> oh well, some of us have tattoos. My biggest problem is that there was really no reason for him to be in the movie. Right. It was kind of like a a weird offshoot, right? It yeah, I was of, like, oh, by the way, oh, yeah, we got Joker, too. Here's Joker. Right. It just, it, that movie has a lot of problems. Um, it's not one of my favorite superhero movies by far, just because it has it has too many problems. Um, the resolution was too quick, I thought. Um, there's just a lot of problems with that film. Yeah. Well, it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of all the things that happened in that movie, what are the fanboys bitching about the most? What are they? You tell me. Brad Pitt beat up Bruce Lee. He couldn't have beat him in real life, so that's bullshit. Yeah, shut up. That's You know, I have been ignoring that. That's why I didn't know where you were going, because I keep ignoring that. I just, I, I cannot believe that people can't see that scene for what it is. And I have a low tolerance for people that stupid. And there's no other way to um, describe those people but just stupid. If you can't see that scene for what it is, then don't watch the movie. I don't want you watching my favorite movie of summer. (laughs) And if you've watched it, they really didn't have a damn winner. Bruce Lee got a punch in. Brad Pitt got a punch in. Then it was stopped. Yep. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is Bruce Lee thought he won because he decked Brad Pitt at the very beginning, right? Yeah. And so Bruce Lee is like, yeah, that was easy. 
And then Brad Pitt's like, okay, you want to try it again? And Bruce Lee is all up on his high horse. Yeah, I'll try it again. Of course. You know, and wasn't even prepared for what he received. And so it was just just good movie making. Well, one of uh, Bruce Lee's most famous quotes is that, is that any time, any day, any hour, I can beat anyone else in the world. But also, at any time, any hour, in any place in the world, someone can beat me. Did he actually say that? Yeah, in an interview. Well, good. Well, then then here's the deal, then. People just don't understand Bruce Lee. He died too soon, that's for sure. That's the main reason he's such a legend. Same with Kurt Cobain. Uh, Lyle Stanley from uh, Allison Chains, uh, go back to 6970, right. uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Mama Cass, right. uh, Jim Morrison. Right, right, right. You die too soon, totally you become agree. a god. Right. For reasons that are totally out of that person's control and um, their family's control because then people can, can attach their fantasies to the dead person. There's not enough history there. There's not enough experience. So you attach what you want to them. Yeah. It's like uh, the original Star Trek. People talk about how great it was and all that. And really, the season flopped, and it never did get to do its proper ending like Roddenberry was going to. Right. And so what, you know, what can you do with something like that? You just, it's left up to people's imaginations and what they love about it, and then they just make their own narrative. Yeah. And they even make TV shows about the narrative. To me, the stupidest decision in the last, well, since you started your show in the last four or five years, will always be making Spock a redneck, inbreded, wannabe sister, sister humper. Yeah, see, I haven't seen Discovery um, second season yet, but man, I hear that all the time. <laughs> Just, oh my God, that's because Leonard Nimoy's dead, right? So we could do whatever we want to the Spot character now. <laughs> God, and it is about Spock. It's just stupid writing, period. Right, it is. It's stupid writing. It's stupid. That's um, the uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery, the first season. My biggest objection to that entire series is the bad writing. Uh, They have an okay story premise, but the bad writing. And then the spore drive, that's just beyond stupid. Can't say anything other than it's beyond stupid. But the bad writing, when 
when what's her name? I can't even think of her name because I don't like her so much. The 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 main character of the show, she always has to um, have a speech where she's telling us how good she is and how good Star Trek is. No, I mean the Federation is. And but I need to break the rules because I'm better than that. I'm always better than that. Oh my God, I can't stand her. And don't forget how much Bad Wesley Crusher still gets to this day. I, You know, that is not his fault. No. The writing was bad. <laughs> yeah, making Wesley Crusher into a dosse machina. Oh, my God, yeah. we're stuck. We don't know what to do. Wesley, I'll save us. Right. Oh, Wesley, you right. saved us again. <laughs> he was a brilliant kid, okay? But to make him into the life-saving, uh, I've got the solution every time, really made people hate him. That was so wrong. Just wrong. Oh, dear. I think I might sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and a lot of fans forget, yeah. until Borg of Locutus of the Borg showed up, pretty much Star Trek The Next Generation kind of sucked. It was vanilla on top of vanilla. You know, it it, it had its, its preachiness going on. But what happened is that in that season, during that season, there were a couple of other sci-fi shows. War of the Worlds came out and a couple of others. Babylon 5 was either just beginning or, no, it wasn't. There were a couple of others, though, that were trying to challenge the next generation. And uh, Star Trek realized, you know, um, uh, Bergman, Rick Bergman, uh, Berman, uh, realized that Star Trek had to evolve, and Gene Roddenberry had just died, and so they had to find a way to change it but keep it Star Trek. And it was a brilliant move, I think. I think it was brilliant. It saved the whole series and the franchise. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And so, brilliant, brilliant. That's why Berman has always been the lead of uh, Star Trek since then. And they were just starting to get DS9 out into um, uh, on the airwaves, and they really needed the next generation to do something or fold, one of the two. And so, yeah. thank goodness, the Borg have, the Borg, you know, you could argue the Borg change sci-fi television. Not Babylon 5, because uh, Strakinsia already had an idea for Babylon 5, of which she was, thank God, allowed to do. But other than that, other people looked at what happened with the Borg and started creating what the heck? There could really be, you know, something as scary as the Borg out there. And so they began 
their evolution of the villain in sci-fi space adventures. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, it was, I say it was three series, two two of them from Paramount. It was like first we had Tales from the Dark Side. That was a big syndication hit. And then yes, War of the Worlds from Paramount. And Friday right. the 13th, the series from Paramount. Right. And then they seen that those were making money, so they're like, hey, horror is doing good. Yeah. So let's try a new Star Trek series. The movies are still making decent money. Let's do a new series. Okay. Yeah, well, I really think that changing the um, focus from from the Klingons being the bad guys all the time to maybe we can work with the Klingons and there's really a real bad guy out there really changed the way people started looking at what sci-fi on television could do. Yeah. Well, the whole explosion of the Klingon homeworld changed Star Trek forever, period. Right, right. And that was a good change. I mean, not for the Klingons, but it was a good change. It, it it showed a static, because Star Trek was very static at the time. And so they needed to change it up. The, the universe isn't static. We could die at any moment from a supernova too close to us. I mean, we could be sitting here and then, bam, we're dead. Okay, those things can happen. And so for the Klingon world to explode like it did is not out of the realm of possibility when you screw around with forces beyond nuclear power. Yeah, originally it was supposed to be the Klingon taking uh, the Genesis device and weaponizing it and oopsie, boom. Yeah, but the, see, that would have just caused the same old thing, a big war. War between the Federation and the Klingons, and thank goodness they didn't do that. Well, it was because it was the end of the Cold War period, and Russia and USA were pretty much at peace. Right, right. So they figured that they... What was it? That, oh, yeah, what Christopher Plummer said in the movie, he said... I'm like Nixon coming to China. China, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike Trump in China. (laughs) Oh, my God. People, you know, people won't even understand that that, um, bit right there because Trump in China is destroying our world. And so Nixon going to China was such a big deal, but now we have Trump and China. <laughs> Never thought it would change the sci-fi. <laughs> that would be my favorite part of the last original cast movie. Was That was the whole point of basically Kirk and Christopher Plummer's character being old warriors. Right, and right. As he said, what's right. the scariest thing guys like us have to deal with? I don't know what. Peace. Peace, yeah. So what do we do? 
Yeah, exactly. You can see that happening right now. Our old warriors, they just want to keep on uh, warring. And yet most of the world just wants peace, for heaven's sake. And now the guys at the top of the Democrat Republicans have us fighting each other. Because they don't know anything other. Those are the leftovers from cold. You know, I was talking to our history teacher who's in my in the room next door to me. He's my colleague in our science academy, and I, I said, "Don't you think that Trump, his 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 vernacular, not very good, has a doesn't have a, a strong vocabulary, but he talks in in the Cold War style." Everything he says, he says it as if we still have the Cold War going, but we have a Cold War with China, not with the, the Russians. And because and, I was just listening to him the other day talking about the tariffs that he wants to raise, and I'm like, that sounds like Cold War talk, which is very outdated but can cause a lot of trouble. Well, the Democrats are using the Republicans as the boogeyman, and the Republicans are using the Democrats as the boogeyman. As long as the people up on top have a boogeyman that they can distract us with, we won't try to come together to enact change, because we're too busy fighting, tilting. We're too busy going Don Quixote on windmills. Right, right. They, you know, the elite have done that before in history, and we're repeating it right now. And nobody, um, nobody uh, reads any longer, especially history or good literature. So the vast majority of people don't understand that they're being manipulated. Good yeah, sci-fi brings it's that like up. Nowadays, it's like a cross between Fahrenheit 911 and 1984. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't even disagree with you at all on that. Fake news is so Orwellian that it isn't even funny. Yeah, it is. It's just like what he wrote about in that book. And then you take away the reading because nobody reads anymore. They do their text messages and binge bad TV and and you get exactly what Ray Bradbury put in. Oh, and plus, you know, here's the one thing that they miss all the time. The one thing that Bradbury um, was was against was that fake smile bullshit. He never really liked, and he and he talked against it all the time. That just smile, everything will be okay. So in Fahrenheit 451, there's all these advertisements plastered everywhere, and um, and our protagonist reads them on the subways and out when he's walking around um, for uh, the the brighter smile. It's a toothpaste that whitens your teeth to their whitest, and it's just laced throughout three quarters of the um, the book. And you know that's what we have these days. Everyone has the brightest, whitest teeth, and if you don't, that's because you don't care about yourself. But everyone just smile because everything will be okay. That's 
Fahrenheit 451 in a nutshell. Yeah. And, and you notice that he emphasized the word white, too? Yeah. As long as everything's yeah. pure and white, everything. White. Yeah. Yep, everything is white. White washed, white in color, wipe out your brain. Imagine with if white. they would come into a white factory and take away white workers for no reason and then just make them vanish and we don't know where the hell they are. Would we not care like we did with the Mexicans that got stolen in the past year? Or would oh. we be raising a hell going, where is our beautiful white people at? Where are they? They need That's to right. help us. 700, 700 people were arrested, ripped from their families and their lives, and God knows where they are right now, stuck in some warehouse, sweating to death in this summer heat. Um, but... You know what? That's old news. That happened two weeks ago. My God, what's happening now? You know, the, it's just... uh, our president wants it to be legal to fire your ass if you're gay, lesbian, or trans. Right. 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 I and that's, you know, and that's disturbing too. You know who wrote about that? Which sci-fi writer wrote about that? Timeline. You know, know, gender issues. He wrote about that all the time. We are getting into the scary part of sci-fi people, and we need to turn this boat around. (laughs) That's true. We are in the scary part of sci-fi. All the predictions of the the 50s sci-fi writers, all the scary stuff, that they wrote about to try to warn us about. Well, I'd say I say the fifties, but nineteen eighty four wasn't written in the fifties. It was written before, and so all those reverse nineteen eighty four. I mean reverse eighty four. Huh? Yeah, reverse eighty four. Yeah. Nineteen forty eight. Right. So and then um, uh, the other one, it just slipped right through my mind because I I looked at it today. I had to move a bookshelf to pay the wall. Yeah, Brave New World also. Uh, And the drugs, the drugs, the drug companies own our lives. They don't want us to be healthy. They want us to be on the edge of sick so that they can keep selling us drugs and drugs and drugs. They don't want healthy And if you have a pre-existing condition, you won't get insurance. Right. So, you know, these are the things that sci-fi writers wrote about. These are some of the um, themes that sci-fi filmmakers uh, put on their films. And everyone thought, oh, it's sci-fi. That's for, for teenage boys. So no one took it seriously. And now look where we're at. We're not even well, going to start the third decade. Uh, syndrome myself. What? Mary Poppins and syndrome. One? A spoonful of sugar no. helps the medicine go down. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 yes. Everything has sugar in it, right? Uh, what I'm saying is 
you take a serious story about how the upper class wants to use the lower class as leaders to destroy the lower class so they can rule on their own, makes the evil lower class person into a robot, set it in a futuristic society, and we have Metropolis. There you go. There you go. And didn't uh, Battlestar Galactica get real religious-oriented towards the end of the run? Um, it got, yeah, it got very, well, you know what? Actually, it uh, from the second season on, it had a lot of religious overtones in it. And what yeah. can happen when your very smart AIs become religious? Um, I mean, that's a hypothesis that once AIs start running their own lives and their own societies, that they will feel that logic doesn't um, fulfill them all the way and they start their own types of religions also. So that was explored in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, sure. And. Let's talk about four things. Well, we already talked about Battlestar Galactica. You have Battlestar Galactica, Ex Machina, uh, Westworld, Upgrade. Those were movies basically about robots wanting to be human, and they hold what it means to be human in more value than we do. Right, right. I'm I'm really sure that that was one of the points in um, Battlestar Galactica towards the end was um, throwing in the face of humanity that we we don't even see how special we are. We throw our own specialness away. Yeah, and yeah, this is why I love Vicky and her show so much. She goes for the intelligent stuff that really is above the bar for most sci-fi. Most sci-fi shows are like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Trek. They're going to change my Picard. They're going to change my Picard. Ray's stupid because she's a girl. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not about that kind of thing. I mean, I love Star Wars, and we've talked a lot about Star Wars, and we've talked a lot about um, Star Trek, not just today, but in in plenty of my shows. Uh, When the movies come out and and the importance of these stories and blah, 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 and how light they are on importance, too. Uh, But we don't – I don't like to – skip over a, a movie like um, Annihilation or Arrival. Those are really important movies, good movies, good stories to be um, uh, watched and read and and contemplated. And doesn't that make you feel good that something like Arrival actually did great at the box office? Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was um, nominated for an Academy Award. I, I really want a a good science fiction. I well, I forget what Interstellar was nominated for, but that's another really good 
thoughtful science fiction film that I don't even talk about as much as I should. But and um, we got the one with Brad Pitt coming out at the end of next month. Right, which I'm really looking forward to. I um, some somehow my Facebook thought that it would be important for me to see that it's going to be in the IMAX theater, which I'm like, whoa, it's going to be in IMAX. So I think I'll um, I'll get a couple of tickets, take my son to see it in the IMAX because we're really looking forward to it. And here's a question. That one that's coming yeah. out with the female lead, that's about the crazy woman who drove down the floor and it depends, right? Yeah, yeah. Why the hell are they not advertising it as the crazy woman who drove down the floor to enter the pens movie? If you look at the trailer, it's going to be she's in outer space and then something happens. People go in there expecting that type of movie. They'll be very pissed. Well, do you know who the um, who? The the studio behind that is. It was Fox. Who is it? I don't know. I don't but know still. because the um, the advertising is wrong and people are going to be mad. They're going to be pissed off. Especially ones like you who goes in wanting a hard sci-fi story and you really didn't check into the background. Right, to see what it is, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like, when I went to see Passengers, oh, my God, in the middle of that film, I was so disgusted. I said something, and everyone looked at me, because I don't, I hate when people say stuff in the middle of a film. I said something like, that can't happen. And I was just, I was so freaking disgusted with that movie, and and it, the advertising was completely wrong for that film. I would have never gone to see that. I would have never yeah, wasted my money. I consider money. that the worst sci-fi of the four years you've been on, too. That might oh, yeah. be one of the rapiest films I have ever, yeah. ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, um, I mean, yeah, she's pissed off for a reason. He took her life. He literally raped her. It wasn't a violent thing, but it was rape nonetheless. And he took her life. And in the end, she fell in love with him. And they lived happily ever after. Fuck that. Oh, my God. That movie is... I wouldn't be even volunteer for a project like that if I could be like, oh, I'm with the one I love. I'm happy I'm stuck here now. No. Oh, yeah. That's not the kind of people you want on a mission like that. And not only that, here's the thing. What a waste of Lawrence Fishburne as the captain. No captain is going to be awakened. And I know that he had this cascading health problem that was going to kill him, but he would have immediately um, awakened. He had the power. He would have awakened the rest of the crew. And they could have aborted it. They, there's all kinds of things. They had to have protocol for for the things that were happening because that ship was damaged. It was damaged, and yet there was no protocol? What? 
yeah, the best scene like that is 2010, when they waked them up in mid-journey to tell about the problems between USA and Russia. Right, 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 right. I mean, there are times when you have to awaken the crew no matter the consequences. And, but also, you know, what else was really stupid is you have an AI bartender and the guy who's been awakened for some malfunction tells the AI that there's some kind of malfunction and the AI is not smart enough to tell the ship. I mean, there was so much wrong with that movie. It just yeah. There should have been some way to tell that to the ship, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These if you are watch Alien, they could talk to Mother at any part of the ship. Right. Right. It was. It, it was just stupid. The writers are two of the worst writers ever. I hate those guys. I hate them. Bates and Lindenoff, I hate you. You're a hack. And thank God you're not in the front anymore because I would still say how much I hate you. Uh, yeah. Spates um, destroyed Prometheus and Lindenoff. He destroyed Prometheus also, but he destroyed uh, Lost. If you liked that show and then got lost by it, you can Damon Lindenoff. He's just a freaking hack. So anyway, passengers, beautiful. It was beautiful. The ship's beautiful. The concept is beautiful. The rest of it, crap. It's just ugly. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched but, stuff like uh, I Spit on Your Grave and Seventies Exploitation, and even I was looking at passengers like, Ooh, I need to go uh, take a shower now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, oh, yeah, I lost it in the movie theater, and I never do, never do. But there's been some really good sci-fi out, lots of um, really good stuff um, this past, um, this past year. And so I would say go out and hunt down some good sci-fi Or uh, get on Amazon Prime and look up Philip K. Dick. Yes, and and watch um, watch what are they called? I can't think of the story. The Man from but, the High uh, Tower. Oh, that that well, there's going to be the fourth and final season is coming out soon. Yeah, I think in October. Yeah. And um, there's been some good stuff out. Uh, the Wandering Earth, uh, I Am Mother, um, uh, let's see. Oh, you know, I, I liked Glass, not for everyone. Yeah. Brightburn was pretty good. I I liked it. I just thought there should be more. Um, there's this little show called IO on Netflix. It's not the best, but it's, it's Good science fiction, not the best though. There's the rim of rim of the world with the the kids, which I found really entertaining. Uh, there's uh, escape room. There's lots of good 
stuff out there. And then in December, Expanse comes back. Check out Another uh, Another Life on Netflix. It's not the best either, but if you're dying for some science fiction, there you have it. And I think we're almost done, Stephen. Yeah. And for me, the one that you need to see that it was a decent hit, but not as big as it should have, and that would be Upgrade. Right. That one... I'm not going to say nothing about it except that guy gets in car accident, gets hurt, and then his friend comes to him with a way for him to walk again. Right. It's a 2018 film? Yeah. So, yes, definitely. Annihilation and definitely was good. The Endless. That one is an amazing book that doesn't tell you anything about what's going on. Right, right. You have to watch it to the very end. I I really liked it. Um, there's also a Netflix, uh, The Cloverfield Paradox. It's not the greatest, but I found it intriguing. Uh, Keanu Reeves' Replicas was pretty good. Not the best, but still pretty good. And then you have all your superheroes, of course. Whichever and of course, one my you best like. Summer is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. And, just... and it's not sci fi, but it's fantasy. <laughs> and it so definitely wishful I... film of fantasy, but. Right. Right. And Absolutely. Does Westworld come out before the end of this year or is it next year? No, I think January. It's a 2020 thing. But that looks pretty good. Actually, it looks pretty scary. Oh, yeah. And then the other Katie Sackhoff film that I really like is Origin Unknown. She is the star of the show. And um, uh, Julie Cox is also in it, and I love her. Love her in everything I see. But um, Origin Unknown is a 2018 film. It's on Netflix also. Really, really liked it. I've watched it several times. And, and so thank, thank you, you for Stephen. being on here for four years, Vicky. Yeah. And as you can see, we at here and Movie Madness love you to death. Yeah, I'm I'm humbled by everyone. I really am. I I don't know what to say. Well, don't forget, um, even the students last year, once they found out about this, was like, you do cool I, work. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, those kids they come came back. They sit in my room at lunchtime. Yeah, I yeah <laughs> yeah they <laughs> like the show. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to me. <laughs> Well, thank you, though. Thank you for um, four years of a lot of fun, things I never thought I ever would have been able to do or or talk about. Um, You've opened a whole different world for me. So I just I adore you and just don't know how to thank you properly for this whole opportunity. So if it wasn't for you, Stephen, well, if it wasn't for you, there's a lot of us that wouldn't be doing this kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, you're you're the catalyst, all right? You're the catalyst. 
And so and you can bet you could bet there's going to be a, a Vicky Love sci-fi when the Terminator comes out in November. So put that on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't screw this one up. Right. I hope not. But I did like Genesis. I thought it was dumb fun. It was. I like Genesis, too. It was dumb fun. It's not like Passengers that is just plain dumb and irritating and bad. No, I like Genesis, too. And we'll see you Saturday where I'm doing a final drive-in show. And Sunday where we'll probably have something. I just don't know why yet. All right. But again, happy anniversary. Thank and you. much love Thank from you, us everyone. at the me at the station and all and all your fans to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Open the circuit to the wave motion gun. Open the circuit. Let the pressure increase. It's that cold. All the ship's energy is now in the wave motion gun. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass. Oh, did I hurt your feelings? Well, the Magneto's right. There's a war coming. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. You sure you're on the right side? Hasta la vista, baby. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you.